Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. Welcome to a new episode of the Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. This episode is brought to you by Astropad. Uh, they are a, they've been a great partner for me. They actually turn, if you're a digital creator like me, they actually turn your iPad Pro into another, another uh, professional graphics tablet. So you can use Astropad and you can actually use all of your programs from your computer, uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, and Design right on your uh, iPad Pro. Uh, I've used it. I've experimented with it. Uh, it's been great. You can go to Astropad app uh, or you can go to astropad.com for more information. This episode, uh, another partner is uh, Panels Coffee and co- uh, Panels Comics and Coffee Bar here in Oceanside, California, uh, right off of Mission Avenue. So if you're in the air, San Diego area, you know where that's at. It's real close by the beach. Uh, they've been a great partner for the Crater Brew for a, a few years now. Uh, they're currently closed right now because of the COVID-19 virus, but I still want to uh, give out a shout out to them. Uh, they've been a great partner of mine, and uh, we've been, been able to um, create a, a great relationship. So they do offer comics and co- uh, comics and coffee. And uh, once they get back open, they'll be, they'll be in full steam and you'll be able to get your favorite uh, coffee. Mine is the Golden Lasso from there, which is a honey latte. And uh, you can get some of your, uh, hopefully get some of your, uh, for my comic book junkies, get some of your newest comics and graphic novels. So please check them out at panelscoffee.com. Uh, today we have uh, someone I, I've been trying. Like I said, we we've been you know sort of meshed them back and forth, but I, I with something like this, actually uh, you know finally getting the time to bring on uh, bring on other people and uh, other individuals and creators, entrepreneurs that I've been really wanting to uh, connect with. Um, today we have uh, Justin Bat. How do you say your last name? Bash. Bash. My wrestling coach actually used to always say Bosh, and that carried on for so long that I'm like. You know what? I, I can run with it. So people have said both Bash and Bosh, and I'm, I'm good with either at this point. <laughs> All right. I was, gonna, I was like, how does he pronounce it? Justin Bash. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, he runs uh, a, a really successful uh, digital uh, agency and company that, uh, and from, if you check, I'll get a chance to check out, check out his website, his company website. They, uh, they produce websites and branding for a lot of the top wrestlers uh, for the United States as well as other athletes. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll, we'll get his insight as far as how he built that and, you know, maybe um, tips and considerations for other people that's trying to, you know, perhaps build their brand or, or any athletes uh, specifically, because um, I know personally with, with a lot of wrestlers, MMA fighters, they have a real hard time trying to figure out how to market themselves. Yep. And um, so hopefully uh, Justin can give you insights on this, uh, on this episode and help you out, especially when things get back or sort of normalize a little bit, um, uh, you know, get back full steam into uh, trying to brand yourself and, and trying to get with the right companies that's going to help you help you uh, present a, a marketable uh, brand to, you know, potential sponsors or, or just to, uh, to a new audience. So I'll let Justin, you know, give his, uh, give his story and, and how he got to where he is now. So it's actually interesting that everything's come full circle with wrestling. Back in high school, me and a couple friends actually that I met on the internet, which back then it wasn't as normal as like connecting with people now, but this was back in like 98, 99. I was fascinated with how the internet worked and I used to just sit there and go to a website and right click, go to view source and look at the code. And back then it was super, super simple. It's like, you know, you see B for bold, you see a table that was complicated. 
And so I, I kind of learned the basics of a website and me and a couple friends built pro wrestling news websites. So we built wrestlemagazine.com, wrestlinguncensored.com, a bunch of different WWF style websites. And shortly after that, did that all through high school. Shortly after high school, at that point, there was really no long-term path for it. Nobody had touted like, oh, you should have a website company or this or that. And I tried all sorts of jobs. I put websites on the side. I worked at Burger King, Wegmans, did driveway ceiling, roofing, worked at a check cashing place. I did everything. And it was finally when I was at a check cashing facility, a good friend by the name of Mike Farron down in Florida was like, hey, man, I think we were on to something back what we were doing in, in high school, these websites, because where we were with websites, companies that are now selling them are light years behind. Like we, we were using something called, I think they were SSI includes way back when. And this would basically mean you put one little include in one spot of the website and it was on every page. Yeah. And we tried to maximize how to make it easy to update content because at the time we were doing it. So that was about when WordPress came out and we, we had some fun with WordPress and he had started a company down in Florida. And then I had started a parent company up here in New York because after about a year, two years of, of working with him, I was starting to catch the eye of people here in Rochester, New York. And people were like, well, can you help me with my company? I'm like, I guess so. Like, I'm not used to, you know, taking a electric surplus company and making it convert into customers. But knowing the, the, knowing how websites worked, knowing how a content management system worked at the time was a huge push. So I was able to use that and, and leverage that to start the company. And then that was 2008. And from there, we've just continued to kind of double down on, on what we believe it, it is the right thing for a company to do. And we walked away from WordPress websites um, simply because for our clientele, we're, we weren't looking to turn websites over. We were looking to launch a website and maintain a relationship. And with WordPress for us, it, it was hard. It's like, hey, we want to do this. Okay, let's see if WordPress can be tweaked to it. So we ended up building a, a custom platform. And over the last 12 years, we've been tweaking that. And I, I'd say, if, you know, right now, you know, I'm still running the company full-time. It took two years when I launched the company. I was doing it part-time from 2008 to 2010. I was working at a check cashing and liquor store. And then I was running the company in the morning and at night. So it took two years of doing both full-time. And then finally, you know, two, three years in, I was able to run full steam with, with the, the company. And last year I started this podcast, Bash Mania, which, you know, it's funny. I know you have it in one of the questions and we'll get into it, but wrestling has, has always just been fun to me. I'm a big fan and, you know, I can only work with so many wrestlers on creating websites. But I'm like, man, there, there's something more to be done here. So I finally launched the podcast because I'm like, man, I want to bring conversations to, to fans everywhere that I'm blessed to have behind the scenes with, with these guys. So I launched a podcast last year. So now I'm running the digital agency full-time and having fun with the podcast pretty much full-time. Awesome. So with, with, uh, with Bash Solutions, what, what things are you offering? And I, I know you could probably go a little bit into uh, more detail. What, what's making you sort of different from other uh, companies that may, have, that may be around the Rochester uh, area? Sure. So number one, I think 
it's been our bread and butter because we're so good at it and, and I don't advertise it at all, but it's our custom websites. We make really good websites. We design them beautifully. We integrate a custom content management system where people can easily manage content. And that's, that's usually one of the biggest draws to us is, Hey, I saw you built so-and-so's website. We saw how functional it just happened this past week. There is a performance, an automotive performance shop here in Rochester. We built the website for, and a performance shop in North Carolina said, I love what you did for them. I can't articulate that's what I wanted, but now that I see it, that's what I want. Can you help us? And so that's been like on the front lines of what draws people in. But websites is probably only about a third of, if, we, if I was looking at the revenue for the company, I'd say websites are probably only a third. We deal with a lot of content creation. We deal with a lot of um, social media strategy and social media management. So a lot of the people now, like I said, we don't advertise at all. So when people come to us, it's usually because somebody either referred us directly to them and said, hey, you should really work with Justin and his team. Or it's a situation like this lady in North Carolina calling saying, I want that. Like That's done perfectly. Can you help us with that? And then from there, it's like we, we truly try to over-deliver. And that it, it always turns, I'm sure you know this, over-delivering turns into more business. So, you know, for us, it's like to make ourselves different, I just want to add as much value as possible. We have the best website product, I think, on, on the market. And if it's not, if somebody makes a better looking website or a better function website, that's fine. Like I don't, I don't keep up with any competition. I don't look up what anybody else is doing because I don't care. I know we have a really great product. I know the direction of consumer behavior and where I think technology should be. And I just want to make sure that anybody comes to us, we deliver value. If there's a number of times where, you know, being in the space, I'm sure you know this, there's perceived value in marketing and, and digital is everything. So there's times where you could just price gouge the crap out of something because the value's there. Yeah. And when, when they, for example, just to use whatever numbers, if something is only a hundred dollar task, but somebody thinks it's worth a thousand in this space, it's very easy to say a thousand. When you tell them 30 bucks, you know, it's, it's a different world. So I think just, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen, the biggest, you know, where I think the most of our praise comes from is just how relationship based we are and trying to over deliver with that value and trying to make sure, look, we're not going to be the right fit for everyone as we were kind of talking before this about the limit to my meetings that I have in a week. That doesn't work. There's a lot of people who want to sit down with you once a week and yeah. if nothing else, just to touch base and, ju and that's fine. It's, you know, we're, there's a reason we're not cold calling, emailing, letting people say, or, or reach out to people saying, Hey, you should really be with us. No, if you come to us, I'll, I'll make sure you understand why you should be. But at the end of the day, we want to build a great relationship and we want to try to provide as much value as possible. Yeah. Good deal. So as far as, uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, even with the, the sport of wrestling, uh, do you feel like that's a, uh, a major niche for you right now? Or do you feel like that was, I know you had, had started in wrestling, but I didn't know if you made a natural progression, even when you started Bash Solutions into, into dealing with maybe just small businesses and then eventually get back into wrestling or has wrestling always been just a part of uh, the company? You know, it's funny. When I started the company, Kale Sanderson was one of my first clients and he 
only wrestler ever to go undefeated in college. He's an Olympic gold medalist. Anybody who knows wrestling, and even a lot of sports fans know who he is. I had reached out to him basically after watching NCAA saying, hey, man, um, your website isn't what it should be for who you are. Like, your, your website doesn't do you justice. And we began talking, and we built a relationship. And after I helped him, I helped a couple other Olympic gold medalists. I think it was – Jake Varner after that, then Jordan Burroughs, and it kind of snowballed. And it, it got to the point to where I'd say within wrestling, we're probably one of, if not the biggest marketing companies in the space from working with wrestlers to wrestling clubs to apparel companies. You know, you and I actually met when you were doing stuff for Flips Wrestling. You know, like Flips Wrestling came to us because Jordan Burroughs was – a client of ours. So it's opened a lot of doors and it's gotten to the point to where there's only so much money in wrestling. Yeah. Well, the, I don't care if you're the absolute best wrestler on the planet. There's only so much money in the, in the sport to really reinvest in yourself. And that's the top 1%. You're talking guys like Cal and Jordan and Helen. I think every gold medalist, but Snyder, we've pretty much worked with over the last decade. And aside from that, and I don't want to say if you're just an NCAA champion because it's such an incredible feat, but if you're just an NCAA champion from a brand standpoint, in today's world, it's not enough to really leave your mark. Because you, be, you can be a middle-of-the-road wrestler but have a huge audience. You can have a great personality, and now you can be more lucrative to a brand than an NCAA champion. So it, it's kind of gotten to the point now – where, you know, we have a – wrestling's probably our biggest cluster out of any industry. I'd say we have more wrestling clients than anybody else for sure by far. Um, but if you were to look at the revenue, it's probably a very, very small portion. So a lot of it's either giving back or trying to help a club out where you can. And, you know, if you can work with sponsors and, and branch off, I think there's a lot of potential there. I always tell the story that, you know, Carly Lloyd, who's one of the best soccer players in the country, it wasn't that her, it wasn't that she was so profitable for us directly. It was companies said, hey, you work with Carly Lloyd? Okay, we, we'd like to work with you. You know, it kind of builds you, that, builds you up to, to show people how capable you are. Mm-hmm. So wrestling's been a niche that I never really sought after. It's just when we did one website after the next, it was one of those things where it's like, man, we kind of set the bar. So Jordan Burroughs and Cal Sanderson and, and these guys have this caliber website. That's what I want, you know? And there's a couple other people within the sport that I, I know make websites and there's nothing wrong with them. I think some of them look good, but I think we have a very unique style and we've kind of set the bar. And, you know, the I'd say right now, the group of wrestlers we work with the most is fresh out of college and when you're just graduating your eligibility's up it's not that there's that much money there it's not like you can say hey here's a blank check make me a website these are college kids yeah you know so it's more more than ever lately it's been like hey man we just signed um seth gross a couple like last month and you know it's like hey what can we do together what how can we make content how what can we do where I'm not necessarily looking for the company to make money on you. You're a college kid. You're graduating. 
Um, not that spending money in your brand isn't important, but from a bash solution standpoint, all right, we've already established ourselves as the leader in wrestling. If we, it's no longer to the point where I think if we added any wrestler in the sport, it's not going to build our credibility. We've already established it. We've worked with Burroughs, Taylor, Helen, Kale, Bo, Zane, you know, enough people to say, wow, they're one of the best. From here, I think it's trying to strategically leverage the presence we have in the sport to say, what can we do together? Whether it's helping wrestling, whether it's helping Bash Solutions, what can you do? So it wasn't really a niche I kind of sought after. It's just being a crappy high school wrestler. I always just kind of, st- <laughs> I was never any good, but, but I, I stayed into the sport, you know, and I, I wanted to help Kale genuinely because I thought his website didn't do him justice. And from there, it definitely, definitely created an interesting niche. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling can be a, uh, yeah, a very interesting niche. Like I said, I, I work with a lot of, uh, uh, wrestling teams and and uh, organizations and even even doing the the, the work for Win Magazine, uh, yep. it, it can be it, it's one of those where it, it's really relationship driven. Uh, I mean, I think you 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 prove prove some great points as far as like you know building those relationships uh, you know years prior and then and then adding them from there. Um, yep. I, I think that's really the the name of the game right now. And and even like I said, even with a lot of those guys, even if uh, you know, money wise, it, it may not make, you know, <laughs> feasible sense. Sure. Uh, the, the ROI on that on the back end could be tremendous uh, years from now. Uh, Cause like I said, I, I think it's one of those where I, I talk to a lot of uh, MMA, I, I work with a lot of MMA fighters too. And, and I'm real big on figuring out, you know, how to, okay, you're on a platform, you know, figure out how to leverage your brand on, you know, on the platform your own and then expand from there. So even with a lot of fighters, I mean, even if they're wanting to go into like, you know, motivational speaking or, you know, wanting to start a book or, or anything like that, yeah. you know, they got a lot of those guys, especially with a huge following, they've got the, the opportunity to do something like that. Sure. Um, so as far as what, um, next question, what, what strategies or, or tips right now are you implementing to, I know, I, I know you were saying you wasn't really uh, advertising or anything, but what things sure. are you doing uh, perhaps, uh, you know, from a relationship standpoint, what things are you doing to sort of implement best solutions as a, as the, the number one, uh, leader in the, in the wrestling community? You know, I think inadvertently it wasn't one of the, I shouldn't say it wasn't one of the reasons, but it wasn't the reason I launched my podcast. But one of the reasons I guess I launched the podcast last year was, you know, again, this was something you and I were talking about the podcast gives me a platform to have conversations with people I wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. And there's, there's been a couple of guys who've come on the podcast and you know, our name is pretty well known in the sport, but there's still a lot of guys who don't know who the heck we are. And it was funny. Bryce Meredith came on a couple months ago and he was the most probably like distinct where this happened. He, he didn't know much about me. We were kind of in different worlds within the sport and he'd asked me like what I do basically. And I told him about bash solutions and then, you know, him and Bo Nickel are great friends. Yeah. We work with Bo and, and Taylor and Cal and Jordan. And, oh, wow. Well, maybe you could help me. So I, I think for me more than ever lately, it's, if you were to ask me how I'm growing bash solutions, it is growing relationships and it's creating awareness. And I think, uh, I think we're going to get to a point to where 
a podcast is something most entrepreneurs do. Not necessarily because they want to create content, but because the ROI of creating awareness around what you do. If, if Bashamania, which has my name in it, and I'm the host, and like, we, like you were just telling me before we started is that you do, you're listening to a podcast, you go and Google that person. You figure out what they're doing. And I've already seen it happen. People who listen to the podcast because we have somebody on that they're interested in. Maybe they're interested in Yanni or Dake. And now they want to, you know, they're in Ithaca, Cornell. They're looking up. Who's Justin Bash? Oh, he's worked with some of these guys. Um, so I think using the podcast to, to create awareness and using social media to create awareness, you know, I don't care to... Bash Solutions has grown organically over the last decade at a pace I really like. I, I have a lot of freedom and a lot of control over my life, and, and I want to keep it that way. And I think for me, it's about growing the awareness of myself and Bash Solutions and seeing what opportunities present themselves. Yeah. You know, since I'm not going after certain business, I just want it out there. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what my team is capable of. This is what we've done. You think you, you think we can help you? Call us. I don't usually say those words, but that's the general gist of it. If somebody sees, you know, I'm I'm vi- I'm not super active, but for a digital agency, Bash Solutions posts every day, every other day. So it's a lot of it's a lot of awareness. It's a lot of hey, super pumped to be working on Seth Gross's website. You know, Seth is an NCAA champion. He's Olympic hopeful. We're super helped. We're super pumped to help him as he goes to grow his brand. He reshares that. Now Seth's audience sees well, what's Bash Solutions. And for the college guys, there's a lot of a lot of college fans who are older, who want to support the sport, want to support those who support the sport. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen with doctors that reach out to us and other people who reach out to us. So I think for me, I've, I'm real big on just trying to create awareness and, and just creating attention around what you're doing without that direct sell that I know so many people have to do. Yeah. And I I think that's been the trick. That's something I've I've sort of mentioned in, you know, some of my other podcasts and things that I I think about myself is figuring out that you you really just having that balance between figuring out who you are as, you know, as your brand and, and not really, you know, being salesy, but you do want to, you want to create that awareness. You want to create that story about your brand. Uh, without mm-hmm. feeling like, hey, you know, we're offering this, you know, such and such, go to, you know, to my website. And a lot of people miss out on it. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but like a, a lot of people do miss out. They're so busy saying, hey, do you need a new furnace? Call us. Yeah. Instead of just saying, we installed this furnace yesterday. This house is working so smooth now. Uh, so many people think, I got to sell. I got to make the ask. You don't have to make the ask, which is what us. I, I, I think it's been eight years since I've posted, you know, if you need a website, call us. It, it's natural. If we say, hey, we just launched this website for the number one Chevy dealership in the world, people are going to see it and put two and two together that you can help them. Or if it's, hey, this is the latest athlete we've helped, people are going to put two and two together. And there's so many more instances where you can make that call to action and you can make that play. But so many people, I feel like, jump right to the sales side of it and say, do you need a new furnace? Do you need this? Do you need that? Do you need a website? What? And they're not showing their work. Your work is the greatest thing you can show. I tell that to clients all the time. I'm like, the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is having the revenue and having the work. If you have the work, 
you're, you're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else who's either just trying to get started. They're, people are more skeptical of working with them. If you have 30 years of good results, you should play on that every single day. Versus trying to sit there and say, hey, did you know we can do this? How about showing them that you've been doing it for 30 years? Yeah. Yep, I, I completely, completely agree on that. Uh, and then that's a, if you, if anyone that hears this, uh, this episode will be out pretty soon. When, if you hear this, if you get anything from this episode, is show the work. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's very easy to go out. And I see it all, you know, all over social media. Hey, you know, we, we can do this, call such and such or whatever. I, I want to see your work. I, I mean, and I'll sit there and, and scroll through. And, you know, if it's some, something that I'm like, hey, I, I like that. I like that. Well, let me sign up to their email, you know, to their newsletter. Let me just uh, join that way. Or let me just send a, you know, post a comment or something like that. Uh, people, people watch it. You know, uh, they may not necessarily, you may not necessarily get the likes per se, yeah. but people scroll through, they see your stuff and you know, it's, it happened with us on LinkedIn. I remember I saw a logo you did and I, and I messaged them like, dude, that's really cool. Like I refer a lot of people to like 99 designs or different crowdsourcing thing for logos because I think it, it can be something that's hard. And I remember seeing a logo you did and I'm like, dude, that's really cool. Like let's stay in touch. And when I, you know, we don't really do logos too much. So if I have a logo, like I would have never sent that message if you just said on LinkedIn, Hey, we can make logos. Great. But I saw a logo you did and that provoked it. Like, okay, the hey, we can build logos is built in to showing a logo. Yeah. If you if you post a logo, the messaging is there is the prerequisite of hey, we can do logos. Yeah. But now you're kind of doing the one-two punch of not only can we do logos, here's a logo we can do for you. And yeah. so many people just miss that that second part. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, what, that, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, I, I think even if I had to go back or even for any creators, uh, anybody that's sort of uh, coming out of fresh out of college or whatever, I would tell them to, hey, figure out, I would, I would recommend they take some kind of, you know, entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship class or, you know, like a business course before they, before they get out. If they plan on trying to, you know, stake out on their own or, or you know, want to promote themselves, um, as a creator, um, you know, um, doesn't matter what, what they're, what they're making, uh, you have to figure out how to properly promote and market yourself without yeah. feeling like two cells. You know, I think that's where uh, a lot of artists, a lot of creators sort of get it, you know, sort of twisted to where, you know, they don't want to sell. They got, uh, they got a great portfolio of, of, of artwork, but at the same time too, they don't want to get too salesy. So they won't, they won't post anything. Uh, cause they feel like, well, now we're doing, being too pushy. And you know, that's a lot of times I, I mean, I, if you post it out, I mean, I'll sit there, if I like it, I'm going to like it and I might share it or comment on it. And I, I think a yeah. lot of them just have to sort of build up the confidence and the mindset to be able to do something. Yeah. You can't just think about to the degree of, especially, I think it, if you're talking specifically in an industry like ours, you can't post what you think might get likes. Yeah. Like if I, if I, Websites are not that interesting. They're just not. If you're not a fan of a company, you know, very few people can appreciate, oh, that design is really, really cool. So we're posting websites because that's what we do and we want to create awareness. And I'm more concerned that somebody sees that and says, hey, we have a big need for a website. I care about that so much more than the likes. Yeah. You know, and so many people care more about the likes. Well, people hate it if, if we're not getting a lot of likes. Well, that's not necessarily true. It just might not be interesting, but yeah. it's also 
fishing for likes is a it's a dangerous sport to get into. Oh yeah, it uh, it it will play with your brain, and uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of times. Uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, I, I'm not really concerned with the likes, uh, but I like seeing the, uh, you know, certain interactions. You know, I like seeing if people comment on it, you know, what are people saying? And then I'll, you know, I'll, I may I may or may not reach out to them. I'll definitely comment back to them and say, hey, thank you. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. you know, even I can have one post and maybe get 10 likes, but I may have two or three messages from that saying, hey, can you create some some brand identity for my business or you know, something like that. I mean, that's actually recently yeah. happened. You know, I, I, I posted out, it was a uh, uh, brand identity set. I just, I just created for a uh, middle school and, you know, not really, I didn't really put it. I just, you know, put who I did it for. And yeah. probably within the next couple of days, I probably had like two or three requests to people. Right. But it's deceiving. Cause if you're just looking at the likes, you think, Oh, that wasn't a successful post. Yeah. Like I got clients, I have a, a real estate client and I was in a meeting a month ago and he was asking it innocently, like I think most people do, but he was like, so should we be tracking our number of followers? And cause we're, we're doing a lot of social work for them, creating content, posting. And I said, look at, to be honest, especially for one of your buildings that isn't even on social right now, I wouldn't look at the, the, the metrics for six months. I think they're vanity metrics. I think you want a much more focus and you can look at them. I just want to focus on them because I think building content around your audience and building loyal audience is so much more important. If you start focusing too much on your followers, you're not, you're going to neglect the followers you have. You have a hundred followers, create the best content for those hundred verse. Like I just started an Instagram for bash mania not too long ago. It only has like 600 followers, but man, every single time I can share something to give them value or, there's a lot of casual wrestling fans there. So if there's, if there's something happening, I'll post something out. And I don't want to sit here and be like, well, you know, I want 10,000 followers. I want 20,000 followers. Of course, those things would be nice. If I get 10,000 on Instagram, I get swipe up. That's huge. But I'm not going to neglect the ones that I get along the way, which is why I'm always like, man, don't, don't get, don't get lost with the vanity metrics. They're, they're, they're so deceiving. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, people get confused with the, you know, illusion of, of feeling like, you know, if I hit that, you know, 10,000 mark or 20,000 mark, I've, I've made it. And yep. it's like, no, that's, that's false. I mean, right. you can do just as much with 300 followers and create content around those 300 followers and right. you'll, you'll be fine. And, uh, you know, it's, and I think a lot, a lot of times too, I mean, you get the, uh, you know, you get the, the mental aspect of it is like, okay, say if you get 10,000 followers, you know, people be like, oh, I want, I want a, a huge following. Okay, well, if you get a huge following, how, how much do you think you're really going to have to put out now to, to be able to accommodate for that 10,000 followers? I mean, you're going to have to be <laughs> on social media every day. And not to mention, if you want the 10,000, you're going to want those 300 followers you have to be loyal fans of yours. Yeah. Like for me, for the 600 followers I have of the podcast on Instagram, I want all 600 of those people listening to every single episode, the minute it drops. And then I want them telling all their friends and family, they should be listening to it. You know, and if it's, and I also look at the quality of my, my followers. Like I had an Olympic gold medalist call me last week to basically say, man, thank you for doing your podcast. Like it's crushing it. I get value out of it. Told me a specific case. And I'm like, see, this is why you can't just look at 600 followers or a thousand this or whatever. Because the quality 
man, I'll take that all day long where I get a phone call from someone who's just saying, thanks for doing a podcast. You know, like that, that to me is, is, is so, so important. And so many people neglect their audience because they're worried about the followers coming next. Yeah. A uh, quick, quick, you know, quick story to sort of piggyback off that. I, you know, just thinking about metrics, um, you know, I posted out, I'll, I'll do little creative tips and I, yeah. sometimes I, I, I try to support a lot of local businesses. So I may do it at a certain venue, but uh, I actually did a yeah, creative tip and, you know, recorded somebody else doing it. And uh, they gave out, I gave out a creative tip and I ended up having that guy on a uh, future podcast episode. And he told me after the, after the episode, he's like, you know what, you know, that video that you posted when we first met, and that, that's usually how I create relationships with all these people. <laughs> yeah. like, that video that you posted, someone else saw that on my page and said that that video saved their life because wow. of what I said. And it was like a little one minute post. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't get a lot of, you know, metrics on it, but it helped that one person and, and it, yeah. you know, potentially saved that person's life and hopefully they're, they're doing better. But that, those are the things that I'm concerned with is building impact around that, not necessarily my numbers. I want to see how it, you know, resonates with people's um, souls and their, and their minds and hearts and, and feel like, well, I can do this because it may be something you may have said on this podcast or, or other people may have said on past episodes. And I, you know, that saved my life or that helped me build the, the brand I wanted to because of what, what you said in this, you know, totally. so, so. Um, yeah. But um, what is right now, what is inspiring you right now? I'd say two things. Um, first and foremost, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with the podcast. And I think one of the reasons I'm having so much fun with the podcast is I'm a guy who needs to get my hands dirty. I can't just like manage. And with Bash Solutions, I do a lot of managing. I'm telling a designer how to create the homepage design, the interior page, and he's doing that. Then the developer is doing the development. And I think with the podcast, I've been able to do so much, whether it's creating a graphic, doing everything for the podcast, the editing, or any of that. It's been really fun to do that. And I think two things that are inspiring me are coming off the podcast, which is number one, I'm being kind of motivated by like the phone call I just mentioned where somebody calls and says, Hey, like I had some stuff happen last week that it was kind of a bummer. It was discouragement. And when he called me, I was all like, man, this, this is amazing. Like here I'm like, should I do an episode this week? And then somebody calls me to tell me how great the last episode was and how much it meant to them. So hearing that feedback from people, it inspires me so much to do more. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum from, from something that's inspiring me to keep me creatively motivated is Barstool Sports. And I say that because I've never liked Barstool. It's kind of like I'm, I'm much more of the clean cut Christian guy. Barstool's more like the college frat party. But, dur but during this quarantine, I've somehow stumbled on more and more content they put out. And I'm not necessarily as interested in, in the content and the substance they're putting out, but I'm fascinated on the model they've created mm -hmm. where they've you got guys like Dave Portnoy and Big Cat and all these guys that are characters. And they're having so much fun creating content. And it's such a different model than what you're traditionally used to seeing. Like they're doing things that would never 
fall under like a mainstream classification and they're one of the biggest sport out sports outlets out there. So to me, it's like kind of watching what they're doing and how much fun they're having with creating content. It's kind of like a jolt, like, man, for me, not a lot of people are doing this in wrestling. You've got your flow wrestling. You've got a couple things here and there, but you don't have that wide spectrum. I was just talking with one of the wrestlers yesterday that I work with and I'm like, man, there's so much room for content growth in wrestling. Like you don't really have that kind of pardon my take style podcast. You don't really have all the characters like you have in a barstool type organization. And I think it's super cool of the possibilities that I have to take what I've learned through the last 12 years of bash solutions and utilize that. I think so many times people get so busy running their companies that I don't want to say they fall out of love with a company, but they're not doing what they enjoyed. And that, that's what was happening to me. I was getting burned out because I love having my hands dirty and I don't want to be a manager. Like, I'm not passionate about that, but naturally you, you have to. And I get that. So for me, I was, I didn't realize it until after I started the podcast, but I think staying in what you love is so important. And I think for me, you know, to go back to your question, both being inspired by what other people are doing with creating content and then being inspired to how much you're reaching people, those two things are great. And I think it only helps refine what you do if you're doing it kind of like I am where the work I'm doing on my podcast, I'm taking that all back to Bash Solutions. You know, when people have reached out in the past six months and said, hey, that podcast, uh, can you do that for us? Now there's the option if I wanted to build the team and go conceptualize, produce, and distribute podcasts for our clients. It's a whole new vertical because I took what we know on the micro, which is graphics and some some techie things, you know, audio, video equipment. Take that and take it to our clients who are, are constantly asking us how we can grow. And I think so many people kind of let go of of actually getting their hands dirty and <laughs> they lose their passion. Yeah. Yeah. Creative tips. What is one creative tip or tips that you can provide our audience? Um, I would say be authentic. I think so many people are not authentically putting out content and acting the way they want because, you know, like if you're going back to the example, I just use a bar stool and instead of being authentic, they're saying, I want to be bar stool, you know, and they're not being authentic. I think there's a, a lot of freedom. And there's a lot of creativity in documenting where you are in your process, especially on social media and creating awareness for, for a company. I, like for me, I work from home. And when I first started the company, I wasn't embarrassed by it, but I hid it because I didn't want it to look bad on me. And I didn't want to look like I wasn't serious because I didn't have the big office with a ping pong table and vending machines. But once I got the business to the point to where people didn't care about that, they're like, No, you have that client, that client, that client, they're your client. That's the work you've done. Once I was able to kind of double down on my strengths, it it was a a positive for us because people started looking at it that way. If I painted it in a positive light, like I had business people that were, hey, he doesn't have an office. He's not wasting thousands a month. That means he's not padding his work costs to cover the overhead. We're probably getting a better price. I didn't really think of it that way beforehand. So I think if, if people can be authentic and people can document their authentic journey, I think it's going to help them both 
creatively express themselves because they're, they're a bit more free. And I think from growing a company, man, the more you can be authentic, the more people are going to relate to you. And if you're being authentic and you're and somebody's connecting with you, they might want to support you. They might want to give you a shot. They may think, you know, if I, if I hide from the fact that I'm a Christian, I might lose a potential client that wants to give me work because they want to work with a Christian. Or if I love dogs and I don't post about it, I might lose the opportunity to work with a company that deals with pets or animals or whatever the case may be. So I think just being authentic in a world where everybody's trying to put on a front, like I hate the whole fake until you make a concept. I think just be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people, once they figure out their voice, and they figure out who they who they are really. Uh, I think there, there's freedom in that. I know personally for me, I, I I work from home. I've been working from home, and uh, yeah, I mean, I tell people. I mean, when I do video meetings, I, it, there's people that I've never even met face to face. You know, we talk through phone or text or by video, and uh, it's one of those where if they see the results or they know you can get the work done, or they see the results from from another project. There are a lot of a lot of people. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna care. They want to see right. results. They want to see the the project being done, and um, you know that that's what that's what they want to see. I think uh, a lot of people do put up a uh, put up a front, and you know they've got this nice office space, and you know they're barely keeping things afloat. Um, I, right. I, I I don't want to be like that. Um, you know, it's a lot of times I. I walk around with you know i'm out here in, in southern california and uh san diego area heck i, I might have flip-flops on and some joggers and a sweatshirt right <laughs> so yeah that's uh, my daily go-to for my work environment yeah and sometimes my wife can't stand me i you know i'm I'm still in wrestling most i'm still wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu so heck half, half the time i'll be walking around with uh tucked in socks and a sweatshirt and everything else tucked in so it's just, you know it's one of those where as long as you get the work done and right people know it's professional and it creates results. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be said with that. Um, we'll go into the creative life and it's something I, I've been, uh, you know, picking everybody's brains that I, that I interview. If you had the ideal 24 hours, money wasn't even an issue. Yeah. Um, what would your 24 hours consist of? Probably doing five podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I just, I enjoy the podcast. Like, you know, I love Bash Solutions and, and, you know, Damon John from Shark Tank built a cool model, Gary, Gary V too, where they have a marketing company to run things they do through it. And I love that model. And I don't want that company where I don't want to grow a big, big agency to do it with on a big scale, but on a very small scale, I love having my Bash Solutions team able to kind of run different things I'm involved with through. So for me, like I'm having so much fun with this podcast, getting to know different people, having different conversations. It's something new. And I think so many people don't do things that, that they're afraid of or that make them nervous. And I think for me, you know, venturing into something new, like a podcast has been fun. So man, if I, if I just had the ideal day and honestly probably just be podcasting as much as I can through the day, it really would. Yeah, I, I sort of, yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, I said, I, I sort of enjoyed, you know, doing more video content. I, I used to, couldn't stand uh, even trying to be on video and things like that. But yeah. um, the more, I, you know, I'm, I'm about 54, 55 episodes in now. And uh, the more I do it, the more I want to create, you know, more content for, for other things. Yeah. And even like you were saying, you know, I've had people starting to approach me now with, 
you know, wanting to create, um, you know, content from their podcast, you know, even you know, yeah. for a podcast or building content around that and then, you know, distributing it out, um, you know, on their various platforms. So uh, it's, it's a very interesting model. And there's actually something I'm sort of evolving with my own um, practice as well that, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm still developing. But yeah, I, I think now just, you know, creating audio, video content, I mean, it's so much potential. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, We're only going in that direction more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Social media isn't going anywhere. YouTube isn't going anywhere. The way we consume content isn't going anywhere. So for me, it's like, man, I've been preaching to clients for two years, maybe three years now. Like, hey, you should really have a podcast. Hey, you're a chiropractor. You should have a health and wellness podcast. Hey, you're a church. You should have a podcast based around tips and, and helping, whether it's under people understanding scripture, whatever it might be. But I, I just think that you should, you're a mortgage, you're a real estate broker. Um, you should be creating a podcast around real estate. Like, and, and for me, after years of preaching that, I finally said, well, if I truly believe that in five to 10 years, every entrepreneur should have a podcast, like they do a website, why wouldn't I have one? Yeah. And when I started my podcast, initially, I'm just like, my podcast is going to be whatever I want it to be, different clients. And my first client was a UFC fighter. Then I had a couple of wrestlers on, took a, took a break from that, had um, Kevin Sorbo, an actor on. And I'm just like getting more and more requests for wrestlers. So I went down that path and like six or seven episodes in, I doubled down on it being a wrestling podcast. And it's been fun. I get super, super giddy. I had, did you watch WWF growing up at all? Yeah, I still watch it. So you know who Jerry you know who Jerry Briscoe is? Yeah. So I had him on the podcast and we were talking by far one of my favorite episodes. And we were talking about the crossover between collegiate and folk style and Olympic wrestling into WWE. And we talked about WWE for a while. We were talking about the Montreal screw job. And I remember like just being giddy. Like I poured a glass of wine. I'm laughing, having a good time. And I told my wife after, I'm like, that was so freaking cool. Like, I just got to talk to somebody who was involved in the Montreal screw job about the Montreal screw job because of a podcast. Like, that for me is a fun, like, I have fun here and there with, with my company and helping people is, it's an amazing thing to, to build something for someone and have someone, you know, we'll build an e-commerce website for someone and they'll go put up a sale and do 30 grand in a day. That's super cool to know you helped them, but I'm not laughing about that. I'm not having a, I'm not having fun doing that. Like the podcast for me has just been so much fun and it all goes back to Bash Solution. So it's working out well. I don't know how that's going to play into the future. I don't know what's going to happen with Bash Solutions and um, podcasts specifically, but I know that content creation is only going to increase. And I know that podcasting and creating video and audio content is only going to increase. So why not? get involved and it's been so much fun so much fun that's great so where can people uh best get in touch with you uh maybe see obviously see samples of all your amazing yeah. projects um what what are ways people can get in get in touch with you for uh you know your website needs or even yeah. you know jumping on a podcast or, or even figuring sure. out how to create a podcast so i am on every platform i'm at Justin J Bash on Twitter, at J Bash on Instagram, at well, 
there's no at on Facebook, but Justin Bash on Facebook, bashsolutions.com is my company website, bashmania.com is the podcast website. If you search my name, there's 18 different ways to DM me, tweet me, Instagram me, Facebook me, YouTube me. I'm out there. You just search my name, um, shoot me a message. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been another awesome episode. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a bring you on to a future episode here. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, I'm all about the podcast all, life. About, uh, WE and, and some, of the, some of the old school, old school. I'm always been, I've always been an old school wrestling fan. So. Dude, Jacob Casper came on my podcast, who's heading in that direction. And that was my longest episode. We went like two hours. <laughs> we started talking about WWE and we couldn't get off that train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, um, this episode will be out on two. Uh, actually, be this coming up Tuesday. So, uh, for everyone checking it out, this will be on SoundCloud, on Helium Radio, another partner of mine. Uh, it'll be on Apple Podcasts. It'll be on my YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be on the, my the Cradle Brew Facebook uh, page, the video portion. So, uh, please check it out. There's a lot of knowledge bombs dropped in this episode for people that's wanting to build their brand, people that's trying to. Um, you know, build their social media presence. It's not about vanity. It's an illusion. Just provide, provide value, provide massive value for your, for your whatever following you have. It can be small, it can be large. Just create value for them and you'll, you'll go far. So this has been another awesome episode of the Creative Brew. Be creative, stay inspired. Thank you.